Mommy needs a minute. Welcome to the Mommy Needs a Minute podcast, where we take a little time each week to talk about motherhood. I'm Jenna, the host of this show, mom to a four-year-old boy and the creator of Hands Down, the one-stop shopping app for parents. As always, we are here for a short time today, so let's use it well. I know I had a crazy beginning of the week running back and forth to soccer practice. Yes, four-year-olds play soccer and school and work and just having a hard time taking a moment for me. And so I would like to start with a nice deep breath today. So let's start with a nice deep inhale. And exhale. One more. Inhale. And exhale. Oh, yeah. That's the stuff. Today's guest is someone who has harnessed her creativity and passion to create something truly wonderful for children and families. It's a brand called Tiny Earth Toys that I discovered on Hands Down when my best friend recommended it. Our guest's name is Rachel Classy, and Rachel has taken her experience as a parent and transformed it into a mission to provide innovative, sustainable, and educational toys that spark the imagination of children while also caring about our beautiful planet. And as parents, I think we can all agree that the whole, there are toys everywhere thing is something we kind of try to avoid when we first have kids, and then we learn to live with it and then we try to clean it up and there's just so much to consider there how many toys should kids have wood toys versus plastic toys what toys are age appropriate and Rachel has taken all of this into consideration and really built something special for us for parents in her toy rental company so I'm excited to dive in and learn from her Rachel welcome to the show I am so excited to be here thank you for having me we are so happy to have you. To start off, can you tell us a little bit about your family? Yes. Yeah. Well, I am one of five daughters, which feels significant because I feel like my childhood experience was chaos. And I now have two daughters of my own. I have a four-year-old and a six-year-old. And my husband and I live with them in Durham, North Carolina. They're at a really, really fun age, we had a we had a party this weekend, and it was the first time like an hour went by, and I looked at my husband and I was like, "Do you know where the kids are?" <laughs> it was this first moment in parenthood where I, where I was like, "Oh, they're just out independently playing. Like I'm not needed right now." So that's that's us. We we have a we have a stray cat that we're fostering named Gus as well. I'd be remiss if I didn't mention him. <laughs> Welcome to the family, Gus. Right. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm surprised that they didn't come to you for snacks. I feel like even if my son was playing independently, he would get hungry in 60 minutes. 
Remind how old is your son? Remind me again. He's four. Okay. Oh, so so he's the same as my youngest. Um, yeah, snacks are like massive. We created a shelf, a drawer that they can independently open. And now like it's it's got everything. It's got goldfish, it's got cheese, it's got all the things. And you'd think like, oh, they're gonna go to town. They don't. But my youngest can't open the snacks, like the bag. And so she'll she'll go to her oh. older sister now. She like goes to her older sister and she's like, Donna, can you open this for me? And we're like, Thank you, Donna. We've joked that for Christmas and Hanukkah, you know, the holidays as a gift, giving Stone access to the snack cabinet as his like gift of the year. Yes. And I actually think he would just lose his mind. He would just He'd be love it. so excited. But yeah. what we didn't know. So I'm one of seven kids. Holy and guacamole. You're wow. Oh my goodness. That's yeah. huge. We're both, no wonder we're both startup founders. Yes. I mean, we're just used to organized chaos. That's right. That's right. It's like, it's totally par for the course. Like, and thinking about how do you make it better for families seems normal because it's kind of crazy. Totally. I say all the time, I'm like, my, my poor mother has PTSD from having yeah, six teenagers totally. at the same time. Yep. And, you know, anything that anyone is doing that could have made her life easier, like, I'm all for that. All yep, for it. Totally. Seven. Wow. Yeah. So what has surprised you the most about being a parent to these two girls? Like, what are the biggest challenges for you? Oh, well... I wish I could say that there weren't that many challenges, but I think at every stage there have been different challenges. Entering into parenthood, the biggest challenge were the physiological challenges for me. I feel like it was less about them and the challenge of parenting them than it was like hormone hormonal fluctuations, breastfeeding, body autonomy, kind of like being non-existent, you know, some somebody being on you not being able to dictate your own sleep. And as somebody who is kind of like a highly organized life, I, I still to this day find that to be the most challenging aspect of parenting is not really being able to determine how well I might sleep every night. But, you know, I think in, in, in the early days, the, the toddler years up through the toddler years, I, I think a lot of it had to do with like norms and pressure that I probably put mostly on myself, but I certainly was influenced by social media, community groups of like what it meant to be a good parent and like listening to everyone else's philosophies and really losing sight of my own intuition. And I think about that a lot now, like how do I follow some of the intuition? How do I lead in my parenting with my values? Because I think when you lose that intuition or belief in yourself, you're just like following every new trend, whether that means like buying everything for your kid, overbuying, going down the Google rabbit hole of like, what's the best thing at this stage for my child? Or, oh, people are telling me I need to do this new thing, sleep train, baby led weaning. And like, I just think if I would have chilled out a little bit, everything would have been a lot easier. I think about that all the time. Like, it's all going to be okay. Like, it's going to be okay. Take a deep breath relax. We're going to get through yeah. this. Like you're going to find the right bottle. You're going to totally. like find the pacifier that works. You're totally. going to find the swaddle that they can't get out of. <laughs> totally. And that, you know, kind of leads us to how we came together and met here, which is yeah. that I was browsing hands down, shameless plug. And my <laughs> best friend who is super stylish, she's European. So she has like a very simple aesthetic 
um, she had recommended Tiny Earth Toys and she had posted it and then texted me to be like, you have to check out this brand that I just recommended on Hands Down. And when I went to her house the next time, I saw she has this one little shelf with maybe like six wooden toys on it for her baby. Meanwhile, my house is this like disaster of like 15 <laughs> baskets overflowing with plastic toys that my family have gifted us. And I was just, I couldn't believe it. I said, what does he play with? Like, how do you, how are you maintaining this? She's just, she told me about it. And, you know, the whole idea that toys come in and out and they're perfectly on par with his development and that she runs them through Tiny Earth Toys. And she just was just, like overwhelmed with how great it had worked out for her and how it allowed for her to maintain her sense of self in her home um, during this time when her son was starting to play with toys. So can you share what was the pivotal moment or personal experience that inspired you to start Tiny Earth and and can we call it that? Or do we like, do we call yeah. it Tiny Earth for short? Tiny Earth Toys. Oh, we call it Tiny Earth for short. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And how did your journey, you know, as a mom play a role in shaping the vision for this business? Yeah. First of all, I, I love that it was your friend who mentioned us. In general, we find that when friends recommend us and refer us, those are like the stickiest experiences because I think renting toys is a, a slightly uncomfortable idea for some people, you know, you immediately jump to like, how do you clean this? If my child puts this in their mouth, how do you, you know, like do all of these things. And, um, and I think it's just like, it, it's, it's hard to think about, um, doing something totally different. So it was during the pandemic, we, I'd stepped away from my job. I was working a corporate job at a SaaS company down here in the triangle. I'm taking care of my two kids and I think I just became a lot more aware of what we were doing and how we were doing it. And there were maybe two big things that were happening. One, I was spending a bunch of money trying to create these educational experiences in our home because no more daycare. And two, I was also getting really uncomfortable by how much stuff was coming in. And there was this day and it's like a silly story and it's not like it was our origin story, but we were on the front porch playing and an Amazon truck came and they dropped off three packages. And my older daughter, who was three at the time said, oh, what'd you get me? Like, what's in it for me? And I'm, I'm thinking like, what's this? She's like a little consumer already. She's already like primed to overconsume, And it just made me really uncomfortable. So we started a neighborhood toy, toy exchange. We had families throughout our neighborhood who were like sanitizing. This was back in the day when we were sanitizing everything, sanitizing and dropping toys off on each other's porches. And we'd kind of rotated through all the toys. And someone said, oh, can we, can we give you more to buy more great toys? And I thought, someone needs to do this. So it, it definitely started first by, by getting a little uncomfortable with how we were doing things. And look, we had all the plastic light up toys that had been given to us by really well-intentioned family members that I'm very grateful for their gifts. And I think there, there was maybe some moments of intuition of like, we don't want all this stuff. Our house is a mess. There's a closet full of stuff that we've outgrown. And my kids are getting used to just constant new stuff. And what does that mean for how we're raising them and, and what they actually need, which are certainly not these items? It's, it just makes so much sense. And to your point, there are so many questions about it, right? Um, yeah. But you know, when Rent the Runway started, there are a lot of sure. questions around, am I totally. going to rent a dress? Does this mean someone else has sweat in it before? Right? And, yes. and now we're, that's just, a, you know, how we rent yeah. a dress for a wedding. 
Um, there are so many questions about it, but I think there's a big part of it also that's just about kind of simplification, right? Yeah. I mean, one of yes. the things I noticed during the pandemic was that my son was progressing and I didn't really know what toys to put totally. in front of him. And so I would just order a bunch of things. And the next thing I know, there's all these like buttons and light up things in my yes. house. And I was just like, are these even really like going to occupy him? You know, like the yeah. little Einstein music table and yeah. baby Einstein music table and things like that. And then my sister gave him, um, had sent him the little wooden egg that sits in the oh my gosh, wooden yes, egg holder. In the cup. Yep. And I, when we opened it, I was like, what is this egg? Yeah. He is four and he still plays with this egg. <laughs> I mean, it's his favorite toy. And it has become like now it's a dinosaur egg. It used to be an egg yes. that he cooks with. And before that, it was a ball that he rolled on the ground. Right. And it served yes. all these different purposes. And so I think it's so interesting to kind of open up and think about. RSV cold and flu season is here, and it's our job, moms, to keep baby and kiddos airways clear. We all know the feeling when our kids are having trouble breathing through a stuffy nose. And of course, it's sleepless nights and helplessness for us. I was psyched to learn from Dr. Stephen Gowdy, pediatric ENT and dad of three, that he invented a new tool for us parents, the NoseBot. Now available to shop on Hands Down, this hospital-grade, pediatrician-approved suction gives your baby or toddler instant relief from a snotty nose. Thousands of moms are choosing the NoseBot to protect baby's delicate airways, giving clean, safe relief that seriously works when you need it. There's so many elements to this, right? It's consumerism. It's waste, it's sustainability. But if you think about their development, um, yeah. you know, the simplest toys are what allow for their brains to get really creative um, totally. and and to play. So since sustainable and eco-conscious toys have become really important to parents, like definitely to me and my friends and, and family, I know I'm always trying to kind of understand how things are made and the impact of manufacturing. Yes. So how does Tiny Earth Toys prioritize sustainability in the products and kind of what are the steps that you take to ensure that the toys are both environmentally friendly, safe for kids, yeah. um, and also, you know, the right toys for different stages? Yeah, such good, great questions. And, you know, going into it, the caveat is my background's not in early childhood education. It's certainly not my training. And all I have is my two children to point to, which is not a very diverse experience. I knew early on we'd need a group of advisors to help with the educational selection. But we, we, break, we break down criteria for the toys that we, we bring in into a few different categories. One is safety standards. So for us, that means meeting ASTM and U.S. consumer safety standards, um, there are third-party tests to ensure they meet these safety requirements. This is incredibly important to us um, as, I, I mean, safety, I think, is the number one most important criteria. Then what we're looking at is materials use. So we source solid wood products. We're not, we're currently a 100% plastic-free um, toy organization. And, and that's not because plastic toys are bad. We have plastic toys in my home right now. We have magnetiles, we have plus pluses, like this is not a judgment on plastic. Um, it's a concern for us around some, you know, you, you will occasionally see some pretty big um, reports and recalls related to heavy metals and contamination and plastics. And we just didn't want that. And 
further, the, the breakdown period in the natural life cycle of plastic is incredibly long. And so we've just made the decision, we're going to use solid wood products. And um, and then from there, we're, we're looking at the manufacturers themselves and we're grading them across some criteria. So are they, do they own their manufacturing? How are they manufacturing component parts on them? How many pieces are, are required? What's their packaging like? Can the packaging be reused? Um, and so today we work with a little over 20 uh, manufacturing partners. And now two or three of them make up the majority of our toys. These are companies like Plan Toys and Monty Kids. Uh, Haba. There's some North American manufactured toys from Aaron Loom Kids, from Cubos. Uh, but we're always on the hunt for great brands. We've made the decision that we are not planning to manufacture. We're planning to partner with people who've built real expertise in this area. And then the final piece is educational criteria. So we're looking at toys that are one of a handful of criteria. They don't all have to be open-ended toys. Like we have a ton of block sets that can be played with, just like you said, with the egg, many, many different ways. We have some that are not as open-ended, but all of our toys have specific skill development that are a criteria for how we'd select them. So that might mean something that is very fixed, like a ramp racer or, or a ball tracker, um, which is really important for visual acuity and eye tracking, but, you know, is not a super open-ended toy. So we work with some educational advisors who help us select based on those skills. It's just so wild. I mean, we all see it, right? You see your child yeah. interact with a new toy and their their face just lights up and it's either really sticky or they move yeah. on from it and forget about yeah. it, right? And so to me, it's like, you know, my mom sent my son recently this big plastic car track and it's actually very cool. Like you have yeah. to get the cars to go through he was obsessed with it for the first like five days. Yes. And now it's just sitting in my living there. room. And you and I talked about this last time we spoke, which was, you know, about our homes and our yeah. living rooms and just how to, how your mental health, your emotional state yeah. as a mom is impacted by the space around you. Yeah. And I feel like, not only, you know, the choice for um, to go with all wooden toys also to me is just aesthetically it's calming and it's natural and it reminds totally. you of the outdoors. What is kind of your take as a mom? You know, you have this amazing like office space with all wooden toys. And then you mentioned you go home and I mean, magnet tiles literally cover my house. Everywhere. And like, what is it like at your house? Like, how yeah. do you maintain the chaos? Yeah. And it, it's like, I want to be real here. My home is not a perfect Montessori shelfy Sunday every day. And it's been, I think it's like every week we're kind of reassessing, but right now today, it's actually really minimal. We went into a friend's house recently and they had no toys in their living room and their kids are younger than, than ours. And I was like, how are you doing this? And she's like, look, let me show you a few spots where we've kept them. We keep the playroom is really where a lot of these items are. But like when, when I, when I remove them, my child's just playing with other household items. So we've got a few, like four or five of the critical things out in the living room where they can access them easily. They, they can independently access them, but they're engaging a lot in other things right now. And so we, we did the same thing. We said, let's take our living room back. We have a playroom. We're going to, we have a shelf. We have about 10 to 15 items out at any given time that we rotate frequently um, but we took our living room back and I, I, I just, that feeling you were saying about like the stress and like, it's your home and living in your home. 
I'm like excited by my living room again. And we refreshed, refreshed it with a lot of plants too. And kind of getting back to this, your, your home sets the tone for how you feel. And it should be a place of, you know, energy gains and things hygiene. like that. And so hygiene. Yeah. And so we've, um, we've taken more recently a much more minimal approach as we've kind of reshuffled our space, but it's not always like that. Like there's, there's days where we're like this, we should take a photo and just put it up on Instagram and be like, let's be real. This is also our home. Um, it's not always perfect, but I read this stat and I can pull up the source if helpful, but it, it's stated that parents of young children spend 75 minutes a day on average cleaning up. And it's so relatable. I'm like, yeah, I do spend that much time. And what could I be doing? Not that you can ever get to zero work in your home state, but what if that were, what if the toys and the toy cleanup is 15 minutes of that, that I could get back. And Mm -hmm. that also feels important. Oh my gosh. I mean, I feel like I don't even understand how his underwear gets to the places that it gets. I'm like, right. Stone, I just found your underwear like in my shoe. How (laughs) did it get there? And he's like, well, I was wearing it on my head. And and I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it really is just every moment of the day is picking up Chewbacca pajamas from the dog bed and underwear from the shoe and like dishes everywhere. I mean, it really is just a part of our day and how we walk around. I recently did similarly to what you did. I took all, we don't have a playroom. So my living room was the playroom and my living room was beautiful before it was the playroom. So recently I took all of the toys out except for the magnetiles and the dinosaurs. That's the only thing in there. And now he really only plays with the magnetiles and the dinosaurs anyway. So now everything else is away and it's a special occasion when we pull out a game or we pull out a puzzle or something like that, which is really nice. And it also makes it easier for me to make boxes of toys to give away. Yes. Really totally. nice. I've forgotten um, about them. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. they make them new again and more exciting. Totally. So I am totally into that. And I also got my living room back and it, yes. it's so much nicer to hang out in there. And I can't wait for the winter to sit by the fire and just watch him play with magnetiles and nothing else. It's going to be lovely. Yeah. I love so, it. It's reclaiming the, show, the living room. Yes. Reclaim the living room, moms. It's yours. You own it. You made it. it. Take it back. Take back the living room. (laughs) That's right. Um, So on this show, we love to give recommendations because, of course, that is the nature of Hands Down and myself and everything we do. So what is one thing as a mom that you can't live without? Ooh, okay. I'll give two answers. One is maybe not what you intended, but it's my girlfriends who keep it real. And these are very similar to what you're doing on hands down, but these are the people who can check me. And, or if I'm going down a rabbit hole on something, I can actually get a, a real answer. I think I, I underutilized that with my first daughter. And then with my second, it was like, other people have done this and they've done this better than me. I just, I need the help. Um, and you know, there's people in my community that are parents of my, my kids, you know, friends that we've got gained through my children and then others, just friends from lifehood my whole life. So I'd say like number one, most essential skill is to develop female friendships, people who can, who can keep it real with you, but maybe, maybe
one thing that you actually are passionate about to go deep. And for me, that's reading. It's like, if, if you love to read and that's like your one thing, or if you love to run, whatever it may be, like invest deeply in it, set a goal. For me, it was reading, you know, I had some reading goals this year and carving out the time, even when it feels uncomfortable. I don't know. I Man, when I do, I'm just, I'm a better parent and person all around, but mostly I'd say the friends. That's my, my best recommendation is cultivate, cultivate some great friendships. People Mom who can friends. keep it real. Mom, Mom friends. friends, man, they're the best. They are the, the best. best. I just had, a, there was a great meme that was like, I want mom friends that can like look at my child and we could just agree that they're an asshole or something like that. <laughs> it's like, yep, yep. That's so true. Yes. Uh, and what is a practice of like outside of reading, what is a practice of self-care that you have just for you? And are there any recommendations that you have that help you kind of take those moments of calm and comfort for yourself as, as a mom? Yeah. I think self-care for me is boundaries around my own bedtime that I actually, I had a friend recently comment on this. She said, we, we were hanging out. There was a group of us. Everyone was having a ton of fun. And I was like, oh, yeah, everything for me hinges on sleep. It, I'm, everything. And so I, I keep really firm boundaries around bedtime and I don't really flex too much unless, unless there's something really big happening. If, if it's a normal night, then that means starting around nine 30, like I'm done. I'm not going to answer a phone call. I'm not going to really engage in things. It means when we get invited out to dinner, good for you self-love to me to get eight hours of sleep. I love that. I love that yeah. so much. It's a beautiful thing going to bed early and just at Ugh. the time that you want to go to bed. Because yes. that, to your point earlier, that's the only element of sleep that you have in your control anymore. That's it. I what mean, time you go to bed. That's what it. What time you go to bed. I, I recently went to bed late for the first time in a long time. And at 3 a.m., my son woke up crying because he had a leg cramp. And I ended up massaging his legs at 3 o'clock in the morning, just, like, exhausted. And I was like, I should have gone to bed earlier. But It's always the leg cramp. It's always – he had a Charlie horror. He kept going, my cramp. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, thank you, Rachel so much for building something really special for families um, and also for being here. I think, you know, I have so much to learn from you and to our listeners, you can find Rachel and Tiny Earth Toys on their website, which is tinyearthtoys.com. Yeah. Awesome. And we will link uh, Rachel and Tiny Earth Toys information in the show notes. And that's it for today's episode of Mommy Needs a Minute. I hope it brightened your day and gave you a moment of support in your life as a mom. And remember, you're not alone in this. So hop on over to Hands Down whenever you need a dose of mom friends and trusted recommendations. And be sure to join us for our next episode where we'll continue to bring you more laughs and valuable insights into mom life. Until then, take care of yourself and remember, you've got this. Remember to subscribe to this podcast to get all new episodes. And if you loved the pod, please give us a five-star review. It really helps make us more discoverable to other moms. 
If there's a topic you want us to cover or have thoughts to contribute, be sure to DM us on Instagram at handsdowntheapp or email us at hello at handsdown.shop. We'll feature real moms like you and your stories throughout the season. See you next time.